Campaign Chemistry Rewind. This episode first aired June 23rd, 2022. Welcome to Campaign Chemistry, where we pick the brains of creative alchemists, business wizards, and marketing geniuses behind the world's greatest brands. Nicola Mendelssohn is six months into her role as VP of the global business group at Meta, overseeing the platform's multi-billion dollar ad business. She's moved from London to New York for the role and says progress and conversation with advertisers globally have been productive. Despite a recent slowdown of the business and across the tech sector, Mendelssohn says advertisers still believe Meta is the best place to reach consumers and build their brands. She's excited about Meta's vision for the metaverse and new products like Reels, which are on full display at Meta Beach along the Quisette at the Cannes Lion Festival this year. But of course, Meta must balance innovation and excitement with tough conversations around brand safety and security, misinformation, teen mental health, and other issues that continue to plague the platform. I'm Allison Weisbrot, editor of Campaign US, and you're listening to Campaign Chemistry live from Cannes. Hi, Nicola. Thanks so much for being here with me today. I'm absolutely delighted to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So how does it feel to be back in Cannes? It's been two long years, right? Well, really two long years that I think have changed everybody's lives. But honestly, it feels really good to be here. I'm grateful to be here after spending quite a lot of the pandemic uh, looking, you know, being alone and looking after ourselves. And there's a real energy here. There's an energy and there's an excitement of people being back together. But I'd also say there's a real curiosity because the world has changed a lot. People have changed a lot. And so I think there's a real hunger to find out what the new things are that advertisers and agencies should be getting involved in. Yeah. Are you noticing anything yet that you feel like, oh, this is going to be big. This is the next big thing. Well, well, I'm coming from Meta. So the answer (laughs) is definitely yes. Lots of things that people are leaning in on. And we have our own space here that anybody can come to if you're down at the uh, the Quasette at the festival. And we're really demonstrating all the new and exciting things that are coming out from the Meta platforms in particular reels. And what we found this year, and this was in the lead up to Cannes, many advertisers were saying to us, we want to come here and we want to learn and we want to get hands on. You know, it's great to have, you know, video conferencing meetings, but there's nothing better than when you're together and you can learn together. And that's what we've used our space with this year. So there's a whole place where you can create reels, which is our short form videos. It's one of our fastest products that we've ever seen. Consumers are loving it. And more and more advertisers saying, we want to be, you know, we want to be placing ads within Reels. We see it's so exciting. We've been rolling out that uh, that product as well. So we have a whole installation here with Philippe Panton where you can go in, you can create your own Reels, you can learn how to use them, and you can share in some of the excitement why consumers love it so much. That's awesome. I definitely want to chat about Reels, but um, talk a little bit about what else is going on at, at Meta Beach and you know, what, I guess personally for you, like, what do you find most valuable about, about being here? So many things I feel find valuable. The fact that in a, in a handful of days, you can crash together so many meetings with so many different of our, of our partners is just fantastic. So that's good because it saves you flying all over the place to be able to do those meetings. So that's, that's really good. Uh, and we can have our own people all here in one place, our experts in different areas, whether it's reels, whether it's metaverse, whether it's commerce or messaging, we can have our experts here being able to, to talk to people as well. So that's definitely something. In terms of what we're doing at our at our presence in our beach, we have a whole load of programming that's going on through the week, an opportunity for people to come and learn, to listen, to be inspired by, you know, the, the advertisers that are out there doing new things. 
We also have a whole track running through our beach around diversity, equity and inclusion. We're calling it Limitless. We kicked off the week with that. I've literally just come from our whole session where we wanted to bring together all the different aspects of the industry, the, all the organizations, all the individuals that really care. And there are so many to make sure we're learning from each other, that we're not duplicating efforts and that we can go forward to really have the industry that we want. We're nowhere near where we want to be yet. So much more work to be done. But it's at places like this that real kind of commitments happen uh, and, and change happens. And that was really being acknowledged this morning. Yeah, I do feel like there's a lot more, uh, not even like programming or emphasis, but I just notice a lot more diversity and, and you know, diverse companies like sort of showing up and having spaces. And so that, that's really good to see. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, there's a whole programming on the Inkwell Beach as well, which yes. we're proud to partner with and, and proud to support. And you wouldn't have seen that just a handful of years ago. Yeah. It's places like this that we can really start to change the industry. Yeah, exactly. So... Can is obviously all about creativity. What's inspiring you that you've seen so far? Oh, so many things are inspiring me. And this is definitely a place where I always make sure that I cut out a little bit of time just to go and listen, go and learn. I have to say I've been blown away by some of the worlds that have been created in the metaverse and especially on Horizon Worlds. You'd expect me to say that. But seeing a brand like Mini unveiling the Miniverse, with all the cheekiness and irreverence that you know about the mini world and you go in and I would definitely encourage you to try it. And you can, first of all, customize as a driver your own suit and all the kind of different ways that you would have yours. Then you can customize your mini. And what's wonderful is that you can then drive it around. Other people can come in from all over the world and you can race against each other or you can hang out in this miniverse together. And the fabulous thing about the world is it's not just like driving a track like you might do you know, in the real world. This track has a loop the loop, <laughs> which completely defies physics. You can drive up a wall and it's really played and really fun. And what Mini's trying to do there is really create brand affinity, brand love, brand awareness. And I think they're going to get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to your point, like how is the the early stages of the metaverse changing creativity? How are what smart ways are you seeing brands engage with it? And like, do you find that right now it is about brand building and awareness? Yeah, very much so. The fully realized vision of the metaverse is still some five to 10 years away, but there's lots of, if you like, stepping stones that, that brands can be doing. We've seen Wendy's building their Wendyverse and actually already going with iteration number two, where they're building out the world further because they've had such an excitement from the community. But they're not just building the, the, the world in Horizon Worlds. They're, they're, they're really utilizing all of the meta different ad products that we have from short form video, long form video. They're, they've got a, an AR effect as well. We're actually seeing more and more brands actually trying AR effects as well, utilizing our Spark AR Studio. So it is very much about raising awareness top of funnel um, as, as we, you know, we wait for the fully realized version to be built. What do you see as the fully realized version? Oh, I think here the only thing we're limited by is our own imaginations. I think creators are going to play a really important role in this. And we, you know, we're already seeing how important creators are on our platforms anyway, when we're the home to the largest number of creators. So we see a vision where many more people will be able to make their living through their expressions of creativity, through the communities um, that they have. And I think brands are really leaning in more, and especially this can to creators and understanding what more that they can do. And it's almost, it's borrowing not just their, and working with them on their community, but it's their extraordinary creativity in how they utilize the platforms in different ways. And we're certainly seeing that with creators and reels. 
Yeah, yeah. So let's talk about Reels. It seems to be a big focus for for Meta. I definitely get sucked into them scrolling Instagram. Talk about how the product is going. Are advertisers, are they excited by it? Are they buying into it? It's a great big yes. Um, our, our advertisers and our partners are hungry to learn more. And let's remember, this is not a very old product for us. You know, we've only just been rolling it out globally this year. And we're only just starting uh, with the advertising products as well. And what's so wonderful here is they're so simple to use and they're so easy for the consumer to use. And so when you bring together reels plus commerce with the creators and you have something very powerful that delivers very strong ROI. And there's so many different dimensions as well. So one of the great things is is also to see not only just reels, but then how creators are using reels, but also the AR effects as well. And where mm-hmm. that started with, you know, top of funnel now really coming down to bottom of funnel, moving into conversion, moving into try and then buy, which I think is something we're going to see more and more of. Yeah, for sure. It's it's almost like there really is no funnel anymore, right? Because you're you're having this brand experience and you can just tap to buy. Like that's the that's the seamlessness of... Alan, you said it exactly right. And, and I think about, you know, my own personal shopping. I mean, you probably shouldn't get into this, but, you know, I see a product like Charlotte Tilbury or, you know, a brand like Sephora where you can try on the makeup, see what you like, click and then buy. I mean, that's pretty powerful. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So the elephant in the room, TikTok, obviously they sort of pioneered the the short form, the short form video format. Does do they, does TikTok keep you up at night, their popularity? How do you kind of view them in this space? I sleep very well at night. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. But, and it's important because I'm wearing my aura ring. And, <laughs> and a lot of people here are actually. But no, I think, look, there's always been a lot of competition in, in the, in the industry. And I think that's a good thing. I think consumers like to enjoy content in different ways. We're focused on the things that we're doing. We are having very energized, very exciting conversations with our, with the, you know, with our partners. And what they're saying to us is the thing that matters most is how you can help us to grow, mm-hmm. help us to grow. And especially in these extraordinary times that, w- that we're living in, that's what we're focused on. And so, yes, it is through product, you know, having products like Reels, which are exciting, but also things like messaging. We're seeing a real explosion on business messaging. Mm. People love it. And we're actually seeing that people want to have more and more relationships with business. Over a billion messages are sent every week between people and businesses. So we're making it easier and easier with our click to messaging uh, advertising in order to help facilitate those conversations and ultimately uh, deliver on uh, on growth. Yeah. Do you find that um, that consumer habit is taken off in the U.S.? Like, I feel like sometimes the U.S. can be behind on those. Like, it's, it's always like the Asian markets that sort of pick up on those those um, experiences and those types of, of, you know, commerce products first. I, I think you're right. I think, um, I think Asia has been leading in this area, but we're definitely seeing an excitement in the US. And mm-hmm. isn't that a wonderful opportunity then for brands to be able to connect mm-hmm. with the customers in the way that people want to be connected to? And that's, that's something that we've always done at Meta, which is we put the products out there for people. And when we see the traction, that's when we bring the advertising in. Mm-hmm. We don't do it the other way around. Yeah, for sure. So let's talk about you. You're, you've been in the role for six months now. How, how do you feel it's gone the first six months? Well, it's gone very fast. I mean, so much has changed. I, I've changed country. My family's changed country. I was going to ask, have you moved to New York yet? We've moved to New York. We have gone full on straight into the heart of midtown Manhattan. Nice. We are absolutely loving uh, our life there. It just feels like a great big adventure. And I would say the community has just been, especially the marketing community, has been so welcoming uh, and so inclusive of me. And 
and I, I am grateful for that. So it's, it's been brilliant to be on the ground. Yeah. Now that you're, you know, you've, you've sort of gotten through the first six months, what are your real like priorities? Like what are you focused on achieving in, in your first year? Yeah, it's very much about making sure that we're, we're listening hard to what, what our partners are asking of us. And really that's around growth. So making sure that we're prov- providing the opportunities because so much change always happens if you're in a tech company. So one of the things I get told back is, well, that's a lot, you know, make sure that you take the time to be able to share and to explain. And that's why a place like, you know, a festival like CAM, which is a celebration of creativity, a celebration of the industry, but also a lot of hardworking meetings and a great opportunity to share what some of the new and up and coming things are, which do take a little bit more time to actually digest understand and then execute again. So mm. those are some of the things that I'm thinking about. Yeah. How is, um, how would you say like coming from, from the European market, are you, have you built a lot of relationships yet with the U S advertisers? Like what, what's your engagement been like with the, the U S ad community? Yeah. So having worked at Meta now for nine years and, you know, running Europe, Middle East and Africa, so many of the clients have moved around. So many of them now running the global business or were yep. running global. So actually it's been actually surprising to me how many people I did know how many yeah. of the organizations, but I've really thrown myself into, into the industry and making sure that I'm meeting the people that are, that are leading the different organizations are such important partners to us. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that's definitely been one of the priority areas as well. Yeah. So what are some of the, some of the, obviously you're talking about growth is, is a huge focus always for advertisers. How are you navigating, you know, trust with advertisers? Obviously there was the, Francis Haugen whistleblower uh, situation that happened late last year. Brand safety misinformation are always kind of concerns on on Meta as well as other ad platforms. How are you navigating these tough conversations with with advertisers? So the first is to is to listen to really understand what the key issues are. Also to explain what it is that we do. And as I said to you just just before, one of the things that really matters is our place in the industry and what we do to be an active part of the industry. So really going all in on with things like GARM um, has been really important to us, making sure that we're staffing that up appropriately from our side, but also making sure that we match the commitments that we made. And we've made a number of commitments over the last year, including things like well, you probably know that we do a quarterly transparency report that sets out how we're doing against the different principles and standards that we said when it comes to brand safety, when it comes to misinformation, when it comes to things like hate speech. And due to the billions of dollars, I mean, $5 billion last year alone on this area of safety and protection and and privacy, and 40,000 people that we have um, looking after this area as well. I think it's the biggest... Um, group of people that any company has because we're so focused on this. So A, it's making sure that we're continuing with those reports and on every single one of the measures, I'm very happy to say we've made progress, uh, which has been, you know, I'm very proud of. We're not done. We've still got more to do, but I am proud of that. And then there was an ask about, could we be audited? And the answer was yes. And again, I'm proud of the fact that EY came in and said that the numbers that we presented actually stacked up and, you know, they gave us a certificate to say yes. So these are some of the things that we've had from listening to what mattered to advertisers and also what matters to us to rebuild the trust. And I'm really happy that so many of the conversations here this week have been very much focused on growth because I think the advertisers and our partners really understand the commitments that we've made and that we stick to the commitments that we make as well. Yeah. What's their biggest ask from from Meta right now on that front? Like, what are they really... Obviously, like you're working with Garm, you're investing tons of, of money in this space. 
what are they pushing you to do next? Like what's the next, the next step here? Yeah. So one of the things that some, not all have asked for is more controls. And so that's something that we have publicly said that we're going to build and it's something that we'll have ready by next year. So that's something that we're working on at the moment. Obviously, Meta is going all in on the metaverse, but there was there was some news recently about money that was lost at Reality Labs, and there was you know tons of investment there, but the business didn't perform quite as expected. What do you what do you make in, make of that? Is it just early early stages, sort of getting the strategy together? Talk a little bit about what's going on there. Okay. So I just want to clarify a couple of things. That's not entirely accurate. So we are all in on the metaverse. Mark Zuckerberg has been very public about it in terms of the commitments and and the sizable amounts of both hiring and also um, real cash in terms of what we're investing here. It's also very clear that the world we're living in, and we were just talking about that, there is some challenges out there. And so as a fiscally responsible company, we have looked overall about some of the investments that we're making, where we want to double down. And so we are still hiring, but we've just pulled back slightly in some of the in some of the areas as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's sort of, you have to balance a big investment like that, right? With with the business realities. Absolutely. And it's multiple investments. And again, we're a tech company. So we're, we're used to placing very big bets on different things and seeing what accelerates at different times. And then when you see the areas that are accelerating, you go all in mm-hmm. and you push faster and harder. And that's some of the work that we're doing as well. I know you sort of said earlier that consumer adoption of the, the metaverse won't be fully realized for another five to 10 years. Like where's consumer adoption right now? And uh, how can Meta push that forward? So um, you just have to put one on and then you got to experience the, it's very difficult to explain (laughs) the extraordinary nature of social presence. But when you do, I think you start to very quickly see that this is something that's much bigger than gaming. I think the early iterations were very focused around the gaming industry. And that's been true. I mean, people that game and the gaming industry really have always been at the forefront of tech. Mm -hmm. We're starting to see now a whole new imagination around and practicalities about what what is the potential here. We see the opportunity in education. We see the opportunity um, HR practices and how you can you know train people in, in different ways. Health surgeons practicing to do operations in uh, in virtual reality. So there's an aspect first of all about different industries getting behind it. But then there's the, also the other aspect around. When, when, the, when we get to a point when the software and the hardware are easier to wear, easier to manage, and there's some physics around that that still needs to be worked through, but that's sort of the areas that we're working on now. Yeah. Do you think that, like, are consumers ready for it yet? Heck yes. <laughs> I know that when I'm trying, even with my own family and friends, when they come around, like, it's like, can we just stay a bit longer exploring? And there's so many t- different things that people like. I mean, I'm spending a lot of time in, in the fitness apps now. Mm-hmm. And how fabulous that you can work out and, you know, climb Machu Picchu and have a real work and like end up sweating. This yeah. stuff is really real and then can do it with friends as well that may be in different places. So I think more and more as people start to understand the different use cases, the more it opens it up and the more exciting and obviously the larger it gets. We think there'll be a billion people that are in the metaverse within a 10, within a 10 year period. Yeah. And, and I know Meta's approach is kind of the portal is through the meta quest, right? Like that's the entry into the into the metaverse talk about 
um, the strategy like behind making that big bet on hardware. Like I think there's some conversation around, oh, it's not going to be glasses. It's going to be sort of more of like an AR integrated experience. Talk about Meta's vision there. Yeah. So it's two part. One, it's on the hardware. And as you said, it, it's the Meta Quest, but it's also on the building of the worlds as well. So there's Horizon Worlds and Horizon Venues and also Horizon Work. I'm now having a weekly meeting with my team uh, where we meet in um, a virtual office space. And what's fun about it is that you can change the background. So you and I are today looking over over the beach. One of the settings that I have is that we're in a beach. It's, you know, it's quite fun to be able to look up around and see the seagulls and all the rest of it. But we've also done it where we've had more of a backdrop like, you know, Lake Geneva. Again, what the what what it's that feeling of presence that allows you to ideate together, create together, get up on a a whiteboard virtually. And we're avatars at the moment. But when someone speaks to the left of you, everybody looks to the left like you do in real life. You turn to the right, everybody looks to the right. And you get the banter and the chat that you don't get when you're kind of unmute, mute, pause, wait. People can talk over each other and it just feels much more natural. I still say nothing's better than real life. But this takes you to another dimension because of that, because of the nature of the sound and also because of that feeling of presence. It's playing with more of our senses. Yeah. And I mean, real life isn't always an option, right? Exactly. Exactly. And so that, that's one of the considerations as well that, that we, that we're seeing. So it's, it's the workplace, it's venues. So mm-hmm. not everybody's lucky enough to go and watch a football game or to be able to, you know, go and see an amazing pop concert or a band in person. Many more people will be able to have those opportunities as a result of this. Yeah. So obviously there's so many like fun and exciting and cool things to think about in the metaverse, but there's also some really serious things that need to be worked out, right? Like safety, security, brand safety, um, accessibility, diversity. How are, how is meta thinking through these more serious topics? Yeah. So this is something we're thinking about a lot. And you just raised a lot of different questions. That was a lot. There. So, let, so. Me, let me try and work through all of them. If I don't get them all, you'll, you'll tell me. So we have the opportunity with Web3 to take a step back because, as we said, the technology is still coming and to really have thoughtful conversations about this as an industry, as a society. So one of the first things that we've done, actually, is to create a $50 million fund to work with academia members of civil society, governments, et cetera, to be able to work through what are the guardrails that should be put in place when this fully realized version. So I think that's really important to start with. On the DEI perspective, we are building that in from the beginning. The expression of yourself in in our worlds is going to be through avatars. What we've created is over a quintillion different versions of avatars that you can have, every single type of skin tone, hairstyle, that you know, body shape that you can imagine, but also really making sure that we go into specifics like assisted devices. So yes, there are wheelchairs, yes, there are hearing aids, and different ways for people to be truly able to reflect the person that they want to be in that space. So we're really being very thoughtful about this. And on the area of safety, again, that's another area that, that we've thought about. And what we've created is um, within this is a product which actually creates your own personal boundary, your personal space. And so when you're immersed in, in our worlds, you have about a four foot space around you. And if somebody comes near to you it, and you, you don't want them there, then it kind of it, it grays them out so they can't come into your space, thus protecting the person mm. and the, the, that is there, which I think is really important. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. I think the avatar thing is interesting, right? Because while there, everyone has so many options, like of of who they can be in the metaverse, I feel like that could also almost cause 
issues on the flip side, right? Like, you know, people feeling like they, they aren't good enough in real life and they have to be their perfect version in the metaverse. Like, how do you kind of solve for, for, it's always a balance, right? Like you want to give the option, but then that could also lead to other problematic things. How do you kind of balance that? But I think there's also some fantastical and fun options as well. So one of my colleagues who hasn't got any hair rocked up in one of our meetings, like with a mohawk with pink hair. I'm (laughs) like, oh my goodness. He's like, I always fancied that. I thought I would try it one day, earrings and all the rest of it. So how you go out on a Saturday night and hang out with your friends in the metaverse might be very different to how you want to show up and do a business meeting. So I think we can't just think about some of the, how we might think about things in the real world. I think there's a whole different opportunities also and challenges that could present Mm -hmm. but more I think the opportunities for people to have some fun with it Mm -hmm. and express themselves in different ways yeah yeah so we've been deep in metaverse world for a few minutes now let's talk about Facebook's ad business uh, which is still the core business you know the business has been slowing recently there's a ton of macroeconomic challenges that we are all aware of there's privacy challenges with with Apple's with Apple's iOS uh, which you know the company has been vocal about in its earnings calls. Talk about how has this shifted your your conversations with advertisers? Yeah. So in many ways, those have been conversations that, that we have had and been having. But actually, as I said, the, um, certainly the conversations this week have all been about, tell us the thing that we need to do to engage with consumers. And with the three and a half billion people that are on our platforms across all our different platforms, we're the very best, what they're saying, like you're the best place for us to help us grow our business. You're the best place to help us to, for consumers to find our new products and to discover new things thanks to the extraordinary commerce offerings that we have. So we're all in on that. That's the things that really matter. And we are working with clients through the different, you know, some of the challenges that they have. And we'll look at those on a, on a one-on-one basis as well. But we've been very vocal, as you said, about what Apple did mm-hmm. and, you know, the real damage that they did to especially small businesses, larger businesses can find ways to navigate through this, but really hard for some of those smaller businesses out there. Yeah. Do you find that, you know, I know Meta's stance on, um, you know, the Apple changes are are very much what you just said about how it impacts small businesses. Where does privacy play a role? Like, where do you think that that's important? How do you balance that with the incredible commerce opportunity? On Meta, yeah, we we really see that privacy matters and privacy is important, and we have so many things that we do to help people really understand what happens with their data, why they see the ads that they do. They people can go in and do a privacy checkup whenever they want. It's one of the options that we offer. But more than that, the transparency around things like why you see that we literally have a product called why why am I seeing this mm-hmm. ad that you can click on the top right corner and it, it can tell you why. And if you don't want to see those ads or ads from that kind of category, just say, I don't want to see these again. So it is something that we take seriously. It's something that's been built into all of the products that we have. We have a chief privacy officer that goes right you know, into, into Mark Zuckerberg. So it matters to us. It's important. But it doesn't mean that you can't still do personalized advertising at scale. And what we know is, A, obviously, advertisers love this, but so do consumers. Consumers love the fact that, you know, that they can get ads in their feed that are relevant and timely to them. I think about the fact that, you know, sometimes that I'm out there and, you know, I might see things that are just not useful to me in any way whatsoever. You know, my my husband loves football and I I don't want to see ads about football. I want to see ads that are relevant and timely to me and I want to discover new things. Mm -hmm. I think that's the, the, the promise of what our platforms offer. There was news about a privacy safe ad product that you're that you're building. Talk about like how you kind of 
How are you looking to re-engineer the ad platform so that it it isn't as impacted by these changes from Apple? And, you know, do you feel that, you know, this ongoing signal loss, is this going to impact Meta's incredible performance for advertisers? I, I think I'm absolutely of the belief. I mean, you can see from the energy and the excitement with which I'm talking to you about that we are the very, it's not just what I think, actually, it's what advertisers tell me. They think we're the very best place to help them grow their businesses because of the fact of the reach that we have, the engagement that people come onto our platforms for. And we're going to continue to innovate as we are doing. And, you know, we started the conversation talking about Reels. It was a product that didn't exist a year ago. You know, we, we, we started the conversation talking about business messaging and the massive opportunity and the runway for brands to be able to talk to their customers in what will feel like such a personal way and a better way without the friction of, maybe having to go into a shop or maybe having to call and wait and press three and press two and press one till you get to somebody mm-hmm. can actually give the answers back to people that they want in the quickest time possible and really give them the the products that they want in the most frictionless way possible. Yeah. So obviously, uh, Reels is a big bet, com- e-commerce creators. Where else is, is Meta placing its bets in this new, not only just new advertising ecosystem with privacy changes, but like this new world we're living in post-COVID. Alison, you're, so, you're greedy for so many more things, but let me also talk to you about brand. <laughs> you're not doing enough. No, I'm kidding. Right, okay. Note to self, we need to do more. And we're building no. a whole metaverse and products. But no, you know, we, we haven't had the opportunity to talk about brand either. Yeah. And so it, it's a fantastic... And I think that's always been one of the challenges with Meta, which is... I remember when I joined nine years ago, people would say, well, what are you? Where do I put you in? Are you performance or you brand? It's like, well, we, we can do both. And you said it yourself that there are the, the collapsing of the funnel is happening more and more. And so we're doing a lot on, you know, working with, and especially because we're at Cannes this week, all the work that we're doing on the creative side, mm-hmm. where we, you know, our teams are always role-playing and demonstrating what best looks like with the new products that we have at any time. So it's an extraordinary place to tell stories across all of our platforms. And the best way of doing it is really going all in with as many of the different products in order to reach the consumers that matter to you. Yeah. So, I mean, just, I know that, like you said, we're at Cannes, uh, you built your career on the agency side. Now that you're on the, you mean you've been at Meta for, for quite some time, but now that you're on the, on the sales side, do you think agencies are innovating fast enough? What do you make of that, of that business? I absolutely do think agencies are innovating. I think if you look down the closet, the nature of how the agencies have changed in in the decade that you know that we've been coming here as, as Meta is extraordinary. Big announcements coming out this week again around consolidation, mm-hmm. shifting focus. I think everybody now has a chief Metaverse officer. I think everybody now has a chief commerce officer. These were roles that didn't even exist. Well, Metaverse didn't exist a year ago. Chief commerce officers really were really only been in existence for the last handful of years. I think that's one of the things about Cannes. When you take stock and look back over the years, you actually see while some things might seem the same, actually this is an industry that's constantly innovating, constantly pushing itself. And we want to do our part to be able to help our partners do that. Yeah. One final question that I have to ask. Obviously, Sheryl Sandberg is leaving the company. Big leadership change. How does that impact your role and um, the conversations that you have with advertisers? Yeah. So look, Cheryl is an extraordinary leader, an extraordinary human being and somebody um, that I'm proud to call a friend. But she, you know, 14 years at any company is a long time. I think her greatest legacy is the teams that she leaves behind, the business that she built. And Every single one of us is all in to carry on that legacy. 
Okay, Nicola. Well, thank you so much for chatting with me. It's great to see you and I hope you have a great week in Cannes. And I wish the same for you too. That's all the time we have for this week. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to Campaign Chemistry on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.